This is the OU Nachumi podcast. <coughs> Ezra, Book of Ezra, Chapter 6, <coughs> with Ellie Fisher. Okay, so we had left off the end of Perak Hay that a letter was sent to Daryavesh um, saying, yes, we do have permission to, uh, to, to, to build the Beit HaMikdash, and if you don't believe us, Look it up. And so Daryavesh, the beginning of Parakvav, does exactly that. Bedayin Daryavesh Malka Sum Te'em, Vakaru Bebeis Sifraya, Diginzaya, you know, I think I'm going to stick with Svaradit. I, I, I admit, I've been doing back and forth a little bit, trying to please everybody. Um, but when I read, I'm going to try to do Svaradit. Uvakaru bevet sifraya di ginzaya mahachatin tama bibavel. So, King Daryavesh made a decree, and a search was made in all the archives where the treasures were kept in Bavel. <coughs> I'm trying to find, is there, do the Jews indeed have permission? Vishtakach Be'achmita, and it was found at Achmita, which was a, um, a, uh, a a winter palace of the Persian kings. The palace in the province of Madai, Media. <coughs> Megillah, a scroll, Chada, one scroll. And therein was written a uh, a, a memorandum, a memo. Bishnat Chadal Koresh Malka Koresh Malkas Sham Samtaim Beit Elahabi Rushalayim Baita Yitbinei Atar Di Divchin Divchin Ve Ashohi Misovlin Rumei Amin Shitin Pitaye Amin Shitin. In the first year of King. Koresh, King Koresh made a decree concerning the house of God at Yerushalayim. Let the house be built, the place where they offer sacrifices, and let the found let its foundation be strongly set. Its height shall be sixty amot, and its width shall be sixty amot. Okay, so Koresh had issued a command to give. We're going to see now. Um, to give back the Kalim as well. Right, so we're going to compare this with the Edict of Koresh that we read in Parak Aleph. Okay, okay. Right? So three rows of large stones and then a row of new wood and the expenses should be paid from the king's house and all the gold and silver vessels of the house of God that Nebuchadnezzar took out of the Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim and brought to Babel and brought to Babel he should he restored and he brought back to the temple in Yerushalayim everything to its place and shall be put into the into the house of God. Now, none of this appears in the edict that appears in Parak Aleph, right? The whole thing about the king uh, taking on some of the expenses and, you know, what the dimension should be and the uh, 
and the Kalim going back, meaning there is a reference made to the Kalim, but not as part of the edict. It says after the edict that Koresh gave them the Kalim to take back to, Yerush- to, to take back to Yerushalayim. Here it's actually, there's, there's the memo about it. Um, so it could be that each one is incomplete, meaning it, the entire memo is not, the entire edict is not reproduced in both places. And it could be that one was an external document, that one was published to everybody, and that this was an internal document, a memo then, that, uh, that Koresh sent to the people that actually had to go into the storehouses and get the stuff. Um, the dimensions here are exactly like Shlomo's Beit HaMikdash. Uh, once again, um, going with that theme that you know Shlo- that uh, the second Beit HaMikdash was not really seen as a second Beit HaMikdash as much as the continuation of the first Beit HaMikdash, at least at the beginning, at least until uh, Ezra and Nehemiah arrive. Okay, Pasuk Vav. Ka'an. Tatnai pachat avar nahara, shetar boznai ukinavat hon, afar, afar sechoye diva avar nahara, rechikin havomin tama. Right, so now you, Tatnai, the governor of the trans-Euphrates, shetar boznai, and all your companions, um, and the afar sechites, who are in the, who are in uh, trans-Euphrates, Stay away. Stay away from them. Pasuk Zayin. Shivuku la'avidat beit alaha dech pachat yehudaye ulashave yehudaye beit alaha dech yivnon alatre. Let the work of this house of God alone. Let it alone. Let it be. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build their house of God in its place. Umini. So this is a second edict. This is the edict of. Um, this is the edict of Daryavesh. Right? We had first saw the edict of Koresh, where he gave permission to go back and permission to rebuild. Now. Um, the second edict, the edict of Daryavesh, is actually going to, uh, it's going to go a little bit further. Uminisim te'em lamad te'avdun im shavei yehudoye elich lemivnei veit alaha dech uminichsei malkadi midat avar nhara asparna nifkita tehevei mityahava leguvraya elich dilo levatala. Moreover, I make a decree concerning all that all these elders of the Jews that you should do for these elders of the Jews for the building of the house of of the Beit Hamikdash, that the king's um, that the king's property and the tribute that's paid to the king from the Trans Euphrates, the expenses be given with all you know forthwith to these men that they may not be hindered. Right, so. Taxes that the Babylonian, that the Persian government collects in that region, actually go to to the upkeep. To the they, they go to the Beit Hamikdash. And that which they have need of, 
right? The young cows, rams, lambs, burnt offerings for for God, and wheat and salt and wine and oil, according to the word of the priests in Yerushalayim, the Kohanim in Yerushalayim, let it be given them every day without fail. So what he's essentially giving them is an expense you know, uh, a company, a company credit card, right? An expense account, right? These kohanim, whatever they want, they get, right? They say that they, you know, you have to take their word for it. So there's a couple of things. Number one, tax money is going to pay for them, for the beta mikdash. Um, number two, the the, uh, the kohanim have carte blanche, right? They have the they have the keys to the kingdom. They have the you know they have their hands in the in the yavish's pocket. Another thing that's clear here is that um, he has referred to the people um, as uh, he speaks specifically to the Yehudim. Um, we saw that in uh, in, in Pasuk Zion, right? Leave the Shavei Yehudaye, right? The 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 Savei Yehudaye, the Pachat Yehudaye, right? The the elders of the Jews and the and the and the and the leaders of the Jews, leave them alone, right? So whereas there was a certain ambiguity in Koresh's edict, right? Is who's he talking to? Is he talking to anybody that wants to claim some kind of Jewish heritage? He's saying no, specifically the Yehudim. Um, okay, moving on. So, right, why, why is Daryavesh doing all this? So, that they can offer sacrifices of Reach Nichoach, right, that are pleasing to God, to the God of heaven, and pray for the life of the king and his sons. Right? Um, This serves two things. Number one, it's it is religious, right? It's 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 nice, right? The Yavesh wants all the help he can get, preserve the dynasty, um, but it's also a demonstration of loyalty, right? If in the Beit Hamikdash they're bringing Karbanot every day, right? Long live the king, long live his dynasty, then it uh, it goes it goes a long way towards shoring up any kind of. Uh, you know, the, cementing the relationship between the the, the the returning Jews and their sponsor, Daryavesh. Umini, pasuk yud aleph. Uminim seim teim dichol enashti yehasne pitkama dinan yitnesach amin beitei uzekif yitmechei alohi uveitei nevalu yitaved aldena. I have also made a decree that whoever shall <coughs> Oppose this word, a beam will be pulled out of his house, and he'll be lifted up and fasted on it. Meaning he'll be he'll be fastened on it. He'll he'll he'll, he'll be hung from it, and his house will meet, will be made a a dunghill, right? A big garbage pile. Um, hanging was generally the punishment for traitors, right? Here, there's also a mida keneged mida, right? You you know it's it's tit for tat. You hindered the building of the house, therefore your house will be destroyed. Um, but hanging in general was a punishment for traitors, right? So what Daryavesh is saying here is that an act of sabotage against the Beit Hamikdash is actually an act of sabotage against the uh, against the Persian government, right? This is an official government recognized institution. It's a government recognized entity, 
right? This is a, uh, you know, it's it's a government building. The the, the the Kohanim are being deputized, right? Their their leaders are being recognized. The Jewish leaders are being recognized as leaders, right? They're getting government funding, so it's as though Daryavish is deputizing the entire Jewish um, leadership and uh, you know and and um, and kihuna and priesthood, right, into being an official Persian government priesthood, an official Persian government leadership. Right? This is going to play a major role in the next parak, but we see already now that it's it, it makes a big difference for the you know for the for the base for the base of Mikdash. Ve'elaha di shakin shmei tama yemagar kol melech va'am di yishlach yadei lahashnoya lachabala beitelaha teich di virushlem ana daryavish somet teim asparna yitavid. Right, may the God who has caused His name to dwell in that Beit Hamikdash overthrow all kings and peoples that shall put forth their hand to to. to you know, who 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 will set their hand on the on the base of Mikdash, um, you know, to, or to or to to destroy it, you know, to to change or destroy this uh, you know this temple to God in Yerushalayim. I Darius have made a decree. Let it be done forthwith. Okay, Yud Gimel through Tetvav uh, describe how the Beit Hamikdash was. Completed. Um, so Tatnai, the governor of the Trans Euphrates, and Shtar Boznai and all their companions, because of they got this from uh, from King Daryavesh, acted with all diligence. Shave Yehuda. And the elders, v'savei Yehuda, the elders of the Jews, bonayin u'matzlichin b'nevuat chagai neviyahu zcharya bar ido u'veno v'shachlilu min ta'am Elah Yisrael u'mat'im koresh v'daryavesh v'artachshast ha'melech paras. They built and they prospered through the prophecy of Chagai Zachar and Zachari the son of Ido. Um... <clears throat> and they built, and they completed according to the commandment of Hashem, and according to the decree of Koresh and Daryavesh and Artachshasta. Artachshasta is a little bit of an is an anachronism here. Um, it could be that you know that since it was complete, since Artachshasta did continue this policy of helping to fund the Beit Hamikdash, right? That he, he was included here as well, but. Um, it, uh, it it is a um, at, at this point in the story he has not made an appearance on the scene, um, and even according to Chazal that uh, who, who say that Daryavesh and Koresh and Artachshasta were the same person, right? That's talking about the the first Daryavesh. Um, Sorry, the, the second, the, the, the first Koresh was also called Daryavesh and Artachshasta. The second Daryavesh, Chazal acknowledged, was a separate guy. Um, but here, Koresh with Daryavesh and Artachshasta, it seems a, uh, it seems difficult to say that um, that uh, that they're all one person or even two people because it's Koresh with Daryavesh and Artachshasta. Um, 
Um, it might make sense according to Ibn Ezra, who says that our Takshasta here is Achashverosh, and if you accept an early dating for Achashverosh, that he was after Koresh, but before Dayavesh, then it could work out. Um, the most pushed shot is that, yes, it's a slight anachronism, but since he continued the policies of Koresh and Dayavesh, he's included in this Pasuk as well. Okay, the kings of Persia. Tetvav v'sheitzi b'ayta dina ad yom t'lata l'yorach adar dihishnat sheit l'malchut daryavesh malka. The house was completed on the third day of the month of Adar, in the sixth year of the reign of the king Dayavesh. Va'avdu b'nei Yisrael k'hanayel ve'aya u'levaye u'sha'ar b'nei galuta chanukat beit alahad d'na b'chedva v'ikrivul chanukat beit alahad d'na torin ma'ad dichrin ma'atayin imrin arba ma'ad u'tzfirei izin l'chataya al kol l'chataya al kol Yisrael trey asar l'minyan shiftei Yisrael Right, the children of the Bnei Israel and the Kohanim and the Levim and the rest of the of the people who had returned from captivity, um, they uh, they celebrated a dedication of the Beis Hamikdash joyfully, and they offered at the dedication a hundred bulls, two hundred rams, four hundred lambs, and for and and uh, as a uh, as a chatas for all of Israel, twelve um, twelve goats, twelve male goats. According to the number, you know, according to the number of uh, of shvatim, according to the number of tribes, right? So even though they only represented population-wise, they were only Yehuda and Binyamin. They nevertheless saw themselves as the um, as the complete Bnei Yisrael, right? Meaning they they saw themselves as you know their 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 Bnei Yisrael that remains. So they're that you know that's that's uh, you know. To the degree that the twelve Shvatim are still around, they're it. The Hakimu Kahanaya Beflugaton Ulevaye Bemachlukaton Alavidat Alahad Virushlem Kichtav Sefar Moshe. And the uh, the the Kohanim began, you know, set up, set themselves up in their divisions and the Levim in their uh, in their groups to you know for you know, for to, to worship Hashem um, in Yerushalayim, as written in the in the Torah of Moshe. Right, so the Kohanim and their and the Leviim set themselves up in their in their according to their uh, traditional ranks. Okay, pasuk Yud Tet ve'yasu v'nei agolat ha'pasach ba'arba'asar la'chodesh harishon. So now we go back to um, Hebrew that the uh, the returning exiles made a, a celebrated Pesach. On the fourteenth day of the first month, right, now that it's switched back to Hebrew, it's Chodesh Harishon and doesn't call it Nisan. Kita ruako anim v'halviim keachad kulam tohorim veishchitu ha'pesach l'chol v'nei hagula l'achehem hakohanim v'lahem. So, the, because the Kohanim and Levim, <coughs> they purified themselves altogether. They were all pure. They uh, they slaughtered the 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 korban Pesach for all of the um, for all of the returning exiles and for all of their brothers, you know, their their fellow their fellow Kohanim and for themselves. 
goyei ha'aretz aleihem lidrosh l'Hashem Elohei Yisrael. And the Bnei Yisrael that had come back from the exile, and all of those that had separated themselves from the Tuma of the nations of the land, in order to find God, Hashem, the God of Israel, ate the ate the carbon Pesach. So now it's an interesting thing. This is something very different from what we had seen before when we talk about Kol Hanivdal Mitumat Goye Haaretz. So who are these people? The people that had turned away from uh, the the Tuma of Goye Haaretz. Right? So it could be you know that some Jews who had come back originally lapsed into into idolatry and now are coming back. Um, and it could be that these are people that were from those nations that you know from which the Tsarim came that are you know, some of them decided to join the Jewish the Jewish people and had to go through some kind of uh, process of conversion, or, or or maybe they were considered Jewish. Either way, <coughs> it's interesting to see how when it came to building the Beit Hamikdash, um, the, the 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 returning exiles, the Bnei Gola, insisted we are doing it alone. Um, but when it came to joining in, when it came to celebrating. At the Beit Hamikdash, even Pesach, which is considered an exclusive Jewish holiday, um, they were much less. Uh, they were, you know, they were willing to take other people in. Right? There is a, a theme <coughs> that comes up in that that appears in this period in Jewish history in general. Right? There's a theme: is is Jewish is, is Judaism a particularist religion? Meaning, is it really just about the Jews for the Jews? Um, we're not interested in, you know. We're not. We don't have a. There's, there's no universal vision. We're we're worried about ourselves. We we pray for ourselves, right? We you know the the Torah is for us. Or is it a universalist religion? Is it something that's supposed to you know that we are supposed to teach the world about things? That it, it's something that it, that is supposed to you know be a, a, a light unto the nations, mamlachet kohanim, um, or lagoyim. All of those. Um, um, that entire attitude toward uh, toward the role of, of Judaism. So this was actually a tension in the time of in the time of Ezra. But there's there's a uh, there's a distinction that's made here, right? Which I think is a very important distinction. That on one hand, when you're building it, when you're building the Beit Hamikdash, it's important that the Beit Hamikdash is built at you know to to our specifications, the people that are in inside the community. The people that are inside the community determine how the Beit HaMikdash is built and what it's used for. Once the Beit HaMikdash is built, if others want to join, if others want to worship God through that medium, by all means. Right? So there's a difference between the constructive phase, meaning figuring out what is going to be built, what is, what's it going to look like, and then availing oneself of it, participating in it once, the, once, once that's been created. Um, there, there's, there's tension. There always is tension between universalism and particularism within Judaism. Um, <coughs> there are certain times in the life of a people where they have to focus on the particularist reading. When, when there's, when there's danger of assimilation, um, one almost has to focus on the particularist. When there's no, uh, when there's no danger of assimilation, when you know, when, when one has you know, has a certain amount of, uh, of, um, of, of, of physical presence and strength, right, then one can, you know, one can work on, uh, on the issue of, of, 
of universalism. Um, and we're going to see that come up in the in the next prakim. Um, of all the Sfarim in Tanakh, Ezra might be one of the most particularistic. Right? There's a tremendous emphasis on Yichus. There's a tremendous emphasis on getting rid of, you know, you know, who's in the community, who's out of the community, and getting rid of those that don't belong. Um, but here we see, even a little, uh, even if it's just a little bit, that it wasn't, it wasn't about cutting off access to God for other people. It was about making sure that there's enough of a core of a Jewish people, an undiluted core of the Jewish people, that there will be. Um, th- th- that there will be survival, right? One can't be universalistic if one doesn't exist, right? That's the, that's the, uh, that's the, the end of universalism is when one ceases to exist, right? Because one has been universalized out of, out of existence, right? We've intermingled and we're so universal that we're part of everybody and everybody's part of us and we don't really exist anymore. Um, you know, so that's, uh, that's a theme of the book that's going to continue in the next bracket. Um, they made a, a Chagamatzot, right? Chagamatzot is distinct from Pesach. Pesach is the first day, Chagamatzot is the seven, seven subsequent days. Right? The, 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 the Pesach right, was on the 14th, Chagamatzot is afterwards, Bisimcha, did it rejoicing. Ki Simcham Hashem, because Hashem had gladdened them. Vasev Lev Melech Ashur, Alehem, Lechazeik. Because he had turned, there are two things that they're, right, they had turned the, he had turned the heart of the king of Ashur toward them, right, the king of Ashur meaning the king of Persia, um, and to strengthen their hands in the work, and, and, and he enabled them to, to work, um, you know, to, to build the Beit HaMikdash. Um, so there are two things that they're thanking God for. Number one, he thanked, he's, they're thanking Hashem for, um, you know, for putting the king on their good side, and, uh, and number two is they're thanking Hashem for the actual rebuilding of the temple. Um, the next year, tomorrow, Parag Zion, we are introduced to the figure of Ezra, the eponymous character of the book. Uh, stay tuned.